is real and what is not. You know what is light and what is dark. You know what is good and what is evil. Now, forget all you know or think you know. From the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow. and daikinis everywhere welcome to episode number 338 of blast points this is jason and this is gabe and this is our brief transformation from blast points being a star wars podcast into a willow podcast but like really what's the difference is there any difference we've been a willow podcast all along really (laughs) just out of frame just out of the range of hearing of the microphone, Willow has been there waiting, waiting to jump back in the spotlight. And we did we did do a, a Willow episode. One of the first episodes we did on our Patreon years ago was about Willow. So it's it's always been there. It's funny that you mention that February 2019 episode of Blast Points Army where we talked about Willow because let's let's consult the bones here and let's let's listen to a little bit of Blast Points predicts the future. Do it on the Disney Plus show. Maybe not a Willow movie, but like an animated Willow show or live action TV show miniseries. Oh why not? Yeah, well especially because I think it's it's a shame that Warwick Davis doesn't get to do more stuff because, like, he's got a lot of charisma. Like, I love that he's the MC for the last couple celebrations because it's like he's just a great guy, and you like you like to see him and you like to hear him talk, and he's a he's a fun actor. And the fact that he, he was so young in this movie, he doesn't he can still be Willow, and it doesn't seem like he's not like a hundred years old now because he was it would well, he was like what eight seventeen eighteen when they filmed this, but he already had like two <laughs> kids, so like yeah. he was playing an older character back then. So if like if they just carried on now a few years later, and it's like oh Willow's older now and he's a wizard or whatever, like it would totally make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, they more. should keep going. Do do more Willow stories. Yeah, do a. Uh, it's Game of Thrones for kids. 
<laughs> it really is. With Willow, yeah. The magic lies within. That's what we're saying. We, we knew what we believed. We believed. It's all, you know, it's all about believing that you can do it. And we did, did we, did we will this show into existence? Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. But we tried. And, you know, yeah, Willow has been part of this show since the beginning. We've always been ready for Willow at any time. I feel like Willow and Blast Points, it's like the THX one run three eight thing. It's like give us an excuse to talk about it because we <laughs> we want to. Yeah. Pretty much, right? It's like we you know, Indiana Jones is like a subcategory now at Blast Points, but it's like Willow and THX is like a sub subcategory, but it's like we we want to talk about it more. And now there's a Willow show. And so yeah, this week on Blast Points, it's pretty much Willow. That we're talking about Willow. That's what we're talking about. But it's not that crazy because Willow, it's part of the Star Wars family. It's like Star Wars's sister. If Indiana Jones is Star Wars's brother, it's all they're they're all part of the same family. They're all from the imagination of that madman George Lucas. They all share like that very distinct George Lucas vibe, whatever that is. They all have it. It's it's part of the Star Wars family. Well, and really, if anything of the other Lucasfilm shows, other than maybe THX, Willow makes the most sense. You could almost imagine it being in Star Wars, too, that somewhere there is a Willow planet. And this is all just in a different part of the galaxy. Because it's not Earth in Willow. That's what I always thought. I always was like, this is a Star Wars movie. This is just a Star Wars planet that they could go to, where they, it's just... And especially after the battle for Endor. <laughs> when is Wicket going to show up and team up with Willow? That's what we really, that's what we really want to know. It's not crazy to, to imagine that Sheral from the battle of Endor and Bav Morda knew each other and were hanging out. It would make total sense. And there's people that are turn, like turning into birds and to people and stuff like Battle for Endor is pretty much a Willow movie. Willow movie is pretty much a Star Wars movie. It's all the same thing. That's why when we're doing Alien Exodus. That's why we were talking to him. We're like, well, what about Willow? Because that's basically a Star Wars movie, too. The, the only mistake he made in Alien Exodus was not trying to include Willow. <laughs> it was too. That was really the only crazy thing he did was not have Willow in it. <laughs> it was possibly the craziest thing about Alien Exodus. Yeah. It's shocking there's no Willow in here. American Graffiti makes total sense. We can connect that to Star Wars. But Willow, that's going way too far. Then this would just be ridiculous. The whole thing would just be so crazy. You can't do that. But who, yeah, seriously, who would have ever guessed that here we are at the end of 2022 and there actually really is a continuation of the Willow story. It's out. You can... Go to Hot Topic and buy a Willow t-shirt with a picture of Warwick Davis on it. I honestly, I never, ever, ever would have thought that this day would ever come. It still feels weird. It still feels like it's not really happening. Like, this is all just like, it's like a goof or something, you know? Well, and it's it's more reminders of just the magic of George Lucas, too, that, you know, all these years ago, he was like, I'm going to put this 17-year-old kid... And make him the star of this fantasy movie. I'm going to take this little person and make him a movie star. 
and he became a movie star and he's back in Willow and it's like he never left. He's been doing stuff ever since then. And it's just like, it's amazing that Warwick Davis is still the best. He's so funny. And I was just like, got giddy when he came back on the screen. I was like, what? I had like a really crazy reaction. Like, oh my God, Willow is back. Warwick Davis is back. And it's just like, yeah, it's a dream come true. There was a great video that came out on uh, like the Star Wars official like social media stuff that was kind of all about that kind of giving people a kind of brief history of Warwick Davis's history in the whole the Star Wars saga starting with Return of the Jedi, and it really made me think like that I I think I've taken Warwick Davis almost for granted because when he's on stage at Star Wars Celebration hosting, you're just like oh yeah Warwick Davis love him it's great and when he showed up like in Rogue One or Solo or like Phantom Menace, you're just like, Oh yeah, Warwick Davis. Great. Yeah. It's almost like he has to be there. But then, yeah, when he comes out in Willow in the show, when he walks out, I don't think there's any Star Wars fan watching Willow that couldn't smile or that wasn't smiling at that moment because we love him. Like Star Wars fans universally just love him. He's like a, Star Wars super celebrity or something, or he's a goodwill ambassador for Star Wars or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, cause he's one of those people that just by a, you know, chance has been part of Star Wars his entire life, right? He was 11 years old and return of the Jedi. And, and here he is still working for Lucasfilm doing Star Wars stuff. And now, yeah, back to Willow that he played when he was a kid too. And, it's kind of like, you know, another crazy thing. We're getting another Indiana Jones movie and it's still Harrison Ford. Like there's just something cool about it's the same character. It's the same actor, but they're now at a drastically different point in their life. And it's just, it's just really cool to have those opportunities. Kind of the same thing with uh, Genevieve O'Reilly getting to come back as Mon Mothman and or too. Like it's just that extra special treat of it being this person who's been playing this character for so long, getting to see them back again. It's just so crazy that Willow's back with the history of it all. And the fact that it came out in the summer of 1988 and it was number one, like the week it came out, but there was all these movies around it. that were coming out and like Crocodile Dundee two and big. And there was who framed Roger rabbit. just a lot of competition. And I, we said it when we talked about, the the movie in the the Blast Points Army episode a few years ago. But it's something I don't think people think of enough with Willow that kind of when it came out in summer of 88, this is the year before Batman. And this is like the age of like the Sega Genesis. This is when like that George Lucas kind of old fashioned storytelling was not cool at all. The kind of funkier the edgier the more cutting edge stuff that was what was cool i remember even when i saw it in the theater i kind of knew it was a little dorky (laughs) you know because we were like what 12 when that movie came out and we were just like the prime age for again like the sega genesis and like batman and comic books pop culture everything was getting edgy You know what I mean? Like that late 80s going into the 90s. And Willow was anything but. Willow was gee whiz, old-fashioned, George Lucas kind of fairy tale storytelling. 
And the movie was kind of, you know, Lord of the Rings for a younger crowd. It was like an introduction to fantasy. Well, and even I think you could almost compare it to a lot of the other fantasy movies coming out in the 80s, too, where usually most of them were skewed more to, you know, older kids and adults, like with Beastmaster and Conan, and like they were more gory and violent and... You know, people were half naked and stuff, right? For Willow was, you know, it was kind of like a fantasy movie. Yeah, more for like younger kids and, and families. And we were watching all those other <laughs> less kid-friendly movies too. So it did kind of stand out as as being something different and something, yeah, like you said, maybe more corny and, and old-fashioned. And, you know, it still had its scary moments and creatures and, and fun action. But it was, you know, yeah, it wasn't like something cool that, you know, high school kids would would watch and and smoke cigarettes and talk about Willow. (laughs) And it's kind of what I loved about the first two episodes of the new series, that it's still kind of embracing that. And we have like the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon and we have Game of Thrones is back and Game of Thrones is like darker and crazier than ever. And a lot of the fantasy and genre kind of shows we have are very kind of skewed more towards an adult kind of thing. And Willow, in its own weird way, the new show is keeping it real by kind of embracing kind of the younger introduction to fantasy, just like the movie was. Because that was the thing with watching the new episodes where it's like, oh, wow, this is like the main cast. They're all fantastic, but it's all young and they talk like modern kind of younger people. But in a way, I was like, this is perfect because this is very true to the spirit of the original film. Yeah, because that was the thing watching it. I was thinking the same sort of thing is it's like, you know, it's like the the CW shows or all those kind of like, you know, there's so many of those shows with vampires and werewolves and witches and that sort of stuff. But it's all kind of like teen drama, relationship drama stuff mixed in. And, you know, maybe at first you're like, this is kind of weird to mix this with Willow, but Really, it's not because like we're saying, yeah, that's kind of what Willow is, is it's like it's fantasy light in a way. It's not Game of Thrones and not Lord of the Rings. And and the fact that there is kind of like this resurgence of fantasy on TV, it makes perfect sense to if you're going to bring back Willow to to lean into that because, yeah, really, that is what Willow is. And the other thing, too, is, you know, which we've talked about, there was Willow the movie and then there was nothing for 30 years, right? Like there was, there was like the, there was the Chris Claremont books that came out. There was two of them that were sequel stories to Willow. And I, I never read them. I always, I didn't even know they existed until years and years later after they came out where someone that I, when I worked at a bookstore, I was talking about, you know, there should have been a sequel to Willow. And someone's like, did you read the books? And I was like, what books? And then someone showed me the books and they were so thick. And I was like, I'm never going to read those. (laughs) (laughs) But I did, I went on Wikipedia a couple weeks ago and I tried to read the synopsis of what happens in each of them. I was just like, yeah, I'm sticking to the show. But, you know, even with the books, I mean, there was the the incredible uh, NES game too, which I love that game so much. But it's like, as long as Warwick Davis is Willow, mix it up and try something a little new, too. Like, it's not like Star Wars where you want them to mix it up and try something new, but but you kind of don't because there's there's a lot of Star Wars that you're kind of 
weighing it against, but something like Willow, it's kind of like, it should be more or less a clean slate. It's like the main characters are there, the main ingredients are there, but if they want to take it in a little more younger direction, like that's good because there's probably a lot more younger people who are going to enjoy Willow than like grumpy old dudes who are like, Oh, this is not my Willow. Like, you know, so what? (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. That's the thing that as much as Willow is star Wars, Willow is not star Wars. Willow doesn't have the rules and you can't do this in Willow, but you can do that and you can only do this and, People aren't supposed to wear buttons on their clothes or zippers don't exist or, you know, all the weird, all the weird stuff that weirdos get hung up on with Star Wars where it's just like, oh, come on, man. It's Willow. There's only been one thing. And if you love Willow and you try talking passionately about Willow to normal people, they're just like, are you talking about that movie with Val Kilmer? <laughs> you know, it's, there's not the the overwhelming insanity for Willow that there is for Star Wars. And that's kind of a good thing that they can, yeah, like you said, they can get a little bit funkier with this show. And if they want to make it more of a teen drama, which is awesome, why not? You can. It's There's less rules to go by. Is, is Willow in it? Yes. Is Warwick Davis playing Willow? Yes. Okay. The list is, you checked off everything on the list. Now you can do whatever you want, really. Right. And then, yeah, is is Sorsha in it? She is. Okay, even better, right? Like it's it's all icing on the cake once if once you have Willow because it's Willow. That's all that matters. It's very respectful of the original film and the story, and it is a continuation of the story because having just rewatched the movie again recently. I, I was wondering stuff about it, and I, I was like, well, before the show comes out, I want to watch it again. Because I was just like, well, Bev Morda wanted Alora Dannon because she thought Alora Dannon would eventually like destroy her. But I was just like, well, when? And like, it's almost like they were writing it with the whole concept of like maybe in 34 years we can pick up this story when Alora Dannon is an adult. Bev Morda, yeah, she's more concerned about what's going to happen in the future. Versus, like, this baby isn't going to stop you right now. But that's like that's like your, you know, that's a mythology thing where it's like, you know, there's a prophecy that this child is going to grow up and, and kill you or take your power or whatever, right? So it's like, it's the fear of the future that drives them. And, yeah, like you're saying, what's so cool is usually in those stories, you know, if it's a two-hour movie, right, you never get to the future. So... Here we're getting to get to that future where now Alora Dannon is old enough to fulfill that prophecy. And it's the neat thing, too, that Willow is supposed to be this sorcerer that he he wants to be. He's just kind of a magician that fancies himself as a sorcerer. And I, I kind of had forgotten that in the end of the movie, the Billy Barty sorcerer kind of gives Willow like the book of sorcery. And it's kind of like, now you can really start to learn some real sorcery and Willow just kind of like wins in the end against Bev Morda just by kind of luck and tricks and with help from his friends, which maybe that's the point that, you know, the magic lies within and you don't have to be a, a real wizard to survive that, you know, friendship is the true magic of the world and stuff. And that's all great. And that's all also very star Wars, but it is a, an interesting question of, well, 
how far did Willow get with learning to be a sorcerer? What did that future look like for him? And I just don't think anyone ever thought that something like this show, a real continuation of the Willow story, would ever happen. And that there'd be, like like we said, you know, Willow t-shirts at the mall, and you can order new Willow retro-style action figures. And you can probably, you know, in a couple of weeks, maybe just start talking about Willow at the grocery store, and people might actually know what you're talking about. I've talked more about Willow in the past two, three weeks than I think I have in the past 34 years. Not even in the summer of 88. By the time school started the next year, nobody was talking about Willow anymore. When Willow's legacy over the past 34 years, though, has just gotten better and better and better, I think a huge moment was actually over the summer with Light and Magic, with shining a spotlight on just how groundbreaking the visual effects in willow are it's such a neat movie to go back to because we we've talked about this before that willow being right there in 1988 at the end of the 80s era of ilm and about to go into the 90s like about to go into t2 and jurassic park the computer graphics led era of ilm it's square in the middle of the two. It's got incredible map paintings and Phil Tippett stop motion work that is gorgeous and tons of awesome invisible effects. And then it's got the morphing at the end, which still honestly on Disney plus still looks incredible. Yeah. It's a cool effect. And, and even though it was, became one of those things that kind of like, you know, commercials are doing it. Everything was doing it was like bullet time the original Willow scene is still like the coolest, especially when you realize that not only are they, you know, using the, the digital technology to, to do the morphs that they're still like, they made all those crazy like puppets for the in-between scenes. So you get the best of everything. You get people, you get puppets and you get digital, digital technology. And I think the, the overall thing is that as like long time, fans of willow and like we said people that have just waited for any opportunity to be able to talk about willow it's just cool seeing willow love growing again for the original film it was great seeing val kilmer post on social media like love to the willow family it's great seeing like the returning cast members just who would have ever thought (laughs) That the Will story would be continuing. And it's getting more people to watch the original film again. Yeah, it's just, as a longtime fan, it's just so good to see.
Okay, so here we go. We are now going to talk about the first two episodes of the Willow series on Disney Plus. Kind of before we get into the nitty gritty of the episodes, let's kind of go for some overall thoughts. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Gabe, what are your some of what? Do, let's start with some of the pros, and then we'll talk about some of the light cons because we have some very small, dumb, nitpicky cons. But let's talk about what you loved about the first two episodes of Willow. Well, kind of overall presentation, like I, the, the kind of book intros is really cool with, uh, I think I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff where it's like, Oh, they're reading a book and the book turns into a movie and the music has been great so far. Like it's that like perfect blend between bringing in the classic themes when necessary, but, but also having new music. And I think, was it James Newton Howard doing the music now? And James Horner did the original, and the Willow show is kind of like the last Jedi of Willow in a way. With Willow's kind of, at least to the to the full size people, you know, Willow's kind of exiled himself to living just with his village, and we're kind of getting to see the heroes from the movie as older characters who are now more bitter and grouchy and not the heroes we remember, which. I enjoy seeing, and I think it's a good contrast to to the kids of these people used to be like the kids, and now they're the adults, and 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 seeing that contrast is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think my biggest thing is the cast. I think the chemistry of the cast is just incredible. There's a lot of energy with them. You can tell they're having a lot of fun. I like the brother and sister, Kit and Eric. That they are almost both playing Val Kilmer. They're almost both both playing Mad Mardigan in different ways. I mean, yeah, they did such a good job, I think, with those two of them actually feeling like Mad Mardigan and Sarsha's kids. Because they seem like a mix of them. And they are both a little Mad Mardigan and they're both a little their mom. Like, I don't know. It's it's great. And the same with um, the girl playing Alora Dan and like... Before they said it was her, I was thinking it was her because she like she looks like the baby grown up. Yeah, Ellie Bamber as Alora Dannon. I love her her whole reveal and as Dove of kind of this the the muffin girl being kept kind of secret and tucked away. And I guess that kind of leads me to some of my small little nitpicks. I enjoyed the cast so much that I. I couldn't help feeling that like at times there were conversations and there were scenes that almost felt rushed. And I almost wanted to spend more time with these characters. And I I, I wonder if that's just kind of coming off 10 weeks of Andor (laughs) and obsessively watching these Andor episodes and thinking about them and talking about them that I'm just kind of used to like the Andor way of telling the story where they took their time. Luthen would give a 20-minute speech at the end of an episode. We They really dug their heels into who are these characters. And, the, you know, the, the show took its time. Where Willow is, is faster, more intense. It's moving, it's going, and everything leads to the next thing. And, like, now, now we're, we're talking, and now these people with skull masks are chasing us, and now the horses are going off a cliff, and now we're talking about some serious conversation again. And I felt like I was 
missing important things that were being said. And that was the thing where I was like, I just wish we had a little bit more time to breathe with some of these characters and moments. Well, that's why you can just watch it again. And I, I did watch it again the, uh, the second time. And I was able to pay a little bit more attention. My other nitpick, though, and this is an obvious thing, though, and it's just something I'm going to have to get used to, is the music, the end credit music. <laughs> the, fir- the first episode with the guess who's back, I was kind of like... Uh, but then the second one with hurdy gurdy man i was i was kind of like okay i officially don't like that (laughs) oh man yeah see this is funny because when that first episode ended there was a moment of shock and then i was like okay i'm kind of i'm kind of into this and maybe it's because i've been watching more of the marvel shows than you or something but it's just like it's like, all right, yeah, again, it's Willow. There's no rules. I'm like, okay, cool. And I think maybe if they didn't do it every episode, it would have been weird. But yeah, Hurdy Gurdy Man, I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm into this. I, I'm not complaining because it's fine. If they want to end with Hurdy Gurdy Man, that's fine. You know what? Star Trek Enterprise. At first, I didn't like Faith of the Heart. <laughs> At first, but then flash forward after Star Trek Enterprise was off the air, and I was at the Star Trek Experience in Las Vegas with this British couple on their honeymoon, and after drinking a couple warp core breaches at the at Quark's bar, we were singing Faith of the Heart together. So check in with me in a couple years and how I feel with her about Hurdy Gurdy Man. Yeah, I think in you know about four more episodes from now, you're gonna be you're gonna be singing Hurdy Gurdy Man in the bathroom and not know where it came from. I'll warm up to all this. I know I will, but you know, on Wednesday morning, I was kind of like, hmm. it was definitely a shock, <laughs> but you know, they, uh, the shows can't all end with them singing about the main character. We can't all be book of Boba Fett, but I don't know. Maybe the last episode will be a, will be a willow song. Willow, 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 willow. Will he or won't he? Willow. Yeah. <sighs> You know, we can. You know, I'd, I'd be into that. I'd be into that. So, you know, these are this. Listen, these are small nitpicks. Don't don't to be like, oh man, Jason doesn't like the Willow show. No, I do. I like it a lot. I'm just, you know, hey, I'm just saying, it's different. It's unexpected. But and that's like we said, it's not Star Wars. Willow has no rules. It has rules with it's sticking to rules, but really, Willow doesn't have rules. Andor cannot end with Hurdy Gurdy Man. You can't get away with that in Andor. Maybe. Wait till season two and they and they bring back Hurdy Gurdy Man. They're like, we we thought it was cool when Willow did it, so we're gonna borrow it. Yeah, Henry Gilroy, he doesn't give a crap. I'm gonna put whatever I want. I'm in a Bob Dylan, Rolling Thunder era, Bob Dylan screaming. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, watch out. Dave Filoni's going to put some ska music at the end of every episode of Ahsoka. Just you watch. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what's, what happens. Let's talk about the first episode first, The Gales. It starts out with a recap of the recap. Yeah, the book opens up, and we're talking about the Willow movie. It's kind of cool to see. I, yeah, and what was extra cool with that kind of recap flashback, too, was was having the voiceover of... Sorsha, like, I think that adds to it where it's like, here's the character from the flashback. And now she's, you know, she's her mom from the movie, really. Right. And now she's like kind of remembering what had happened. And I think, you know, there's just 
it's cool they're able to do that. I liked her talking about Mad Mardigan and all the footage of Mad Mardigan and her saying, and of course, like, I fell in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like this idiot, but I fell in love with him. And then we cut to what Kit and Jade uh, training, doing some sword training. Again, Kit is very Mad Mardigan, and they kind of introduce the concept of the barrier. So when I was watching it, like, on Wednesday morning, I was just like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? But that's, that's, the, uh, that's that Star Wars Lucas DNA of just throwing nonsense at you that doesn't make any sense until like years later <laughs> and then you watch it 10 times and you're like i get it now okay this makes sense and then meanwhile prince eric is uh, a total attack of the clone style in the field with dove <laughs> rolling around in the in the tall grass also very mad mardigan eric and i also like that eric was perhaps named after Eric, the Eric the Red, the knight from the Willow film, who was also the the actor, was the leader of the evil gang in the wonderful classic Death Wish 3. Chicken's good. I like chicken. Oh, man, I totally forgot his name was Eric. Man, yeah. That's a whole thing with this show, too. In both times when they introduce Kit and Eric, the locations in this show are just incredible. Just gorgeous. And they, they look like the 88 movie. Yeah, that was one thing I was really excited to see that they, you know, as much as I'm a sucker for, for the volume and ridiculous CG backgrounds and all kinds of nonsense, like, it's kind of cool for them to, in a lot of cases, just kind of just being outside in a field or, or uh, in the forest. And then, you know, we get some of the big kind of matte painting style establishing shots, but yeah, it's cool. Like, Hey, let's just go outside. It's Willow. Why not? <laughs> we can just go outside. It's okay. And it looks like Willow. It's just like the style of like where they are. It's just like, yeah, this looks like Willow. Everything's bright and colorful and blue skies and Willow. And then what we go to the castle and we're introduced to Joanne Wally as Queen Sorsha. And she's kind of getting mad at her kids, telling them to get their act together because there's like the rehearsal thing for this wedding. But she's also hearing spooky voices. And you can't go wrong with spooky voices. That's that's always in the pro category for me. If a show has people hearing spooky voices, that it's immediately kind of goes in the list of pros. Oh, I was calling it right away. I was just like, oh, man, that's her mom. Some weird spirit of her mom is, like, haunting her. And what everybody's getting ready for this big party, and Kit is supposed to get married to this guy, Graydon. With Graydon, when we first meet him, he's he's the buddy from the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I liked his character. I I, I mean, it's in a way, he's a very non-traditional fantasy movie kind of character, but I like they just have this guy who seems like he doesn't care. <laughs> and, and we're, you know, we're slowly, we'll learn, I mean, even by the second episode that, oh, he is, there is more to him than what we see in this first episode. But yeah, again, another of the ensemble cast of like, they just all kind of, they're all different enough that they, it's fun to see them play off each other. Same with, um, Borman, who we haven't got to yet. And Jade. Yeah, and we, how can we forget Jade, who was there in the first scene, right? 
So everyone's getting ready for this party. No one really wants to be at this party. Kind of everyone at the party is kind of thinking of these plans to run away and to get far away from the kingdom. Well, and it's the whole thing with uh, Kit and her mom, too, of Kit is really as much her mom's daughter as her dad's daughter. And she just wants to be out sword fighting and adventuring, which is what Sorsha did when she was her age. But now Sorsha has to be the serious queen and making her wear gowns and get married and all the stuff that she didn't, she refused to do when she was, a was the daughter. And that's a big thing too, is the absence of Mad Mardigan. Where is Mad Mardigan? Where he's not, clearly he's not here. What happened? We learn more about that later. So the party's going along and people are talking and things are kind of tense. And then all of a sudden a bunch of evil people roll in yeah well it's kind of like okay this show's pretty cool I'm, there's a lot of new characters okay i'm kind of getting a feel for this and then it's like it gets really good because <laughs> then, then the, the the freaky the freaky weird stuff starts to happen and there's what these four people show up on the hill and there's this like what spooky wizard guy who makes fog come out of his hands and there's a lady that's a bird and there's a guy on a horse and there's this giant monster man with a cage on his head played by Jonas Sutamo. If, if you weren't sure if it was Willow at the beginning, because of all the new characters, this, this scene comes in to remind you that, Oh no, this is Willow. There's still some spooky stuff and some creepy, creepy creatures. The whip guy. I almost forgot about the whip guy when we were making notes for this episode, but the orange whip comes in. Who wants an orange whip? Orange whip. Orange whip, three orange whips. Who? Yeah. So if you had to pick a, a favorite of you know of bird person, cage head, wizard guy, or whips dude, who who is your favorite? It's tough. I know. I like the design of the bird person because they get some real good close ups. But I also like the spooky witch person because the spooky witch person, like their face is like all like melted. It almost looks like a centibite or something, and they're like. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like this is kind of cool. They're like casting spells and stuff. Well, and he was cool because he like fought really slowly, but he would just like turn into mist, so he could, yeah. they couldn't hit him. I, I'm a sucker for the bird lady just because it's crazy enough that she turns into a bird, but when she turns into a person, it's like a person that walks all creepy. <laughs> so she's like even creepier when she's not a bird. Cagehead is pretty good too. Jonas Atamo is cagehead. Why does he have a cage on his head? So he doesn't eat all the snacks. Yeah, that's probably all about the snacks. He eats all the bird food. So we're we're kind of introduced earlier to Sorsha talking to someone like down in the like the castle jail, the dungeon, but we don't know exactly who it is. And then she sets that person free, and it's Borman. He's set free from jail, and he's like a really good fighter. We learn, and Borman's kind of this mysterious character. Why was he in jail? And he, like, knew Mad Mardigan or something. We don't know quite what the story was with that. Well, and it's like he's older than the kids, but not as old as the original characters from the story. He's kind of someone from some story in the middle that we don't know about. The in-between times. Oh, we can't, before we get too far too, we can't forget that the Death Dogs are back either. Yes, the Death Dogs are back. <laughs> Even Sorsha, like, at one part, is like, Death Dogs. Oh, how I missed you, Death Dogs. <laughs> it wouldn't be Willow without Death Dogs. No, they're back. 
I, I just love that when Solo came out, it was like, man, Solo's got the Willow dogs. And then the Solo Star Wars dogs became a thing and they were in Andor. And now we're back to the original Willow dogs. So the evil people take Eric. One of the guards of the castle gets like the evil, the evil stick, the sorcerer's evil stick in his arm. And they cast a spell. That can't be good. It's like he puts out his evil cigarette on his arm. We don't know exactly why they took Eric, and it's pretty much decided right away. The Sorsha's like, you got to go get Willow. You got to go find Willow, and this will get rid of the evil that's coming back. So they're all leaving, right? And then Dove joins the quest. They have a moment where they kind of stop and talk, and they explain the barrier and what most people think that the barrier was to keep bad things away from coming into like the good area but then they also say it's also to keep Alora Dannon safe and they kind of get into like why Alora Dannon's so important and also nobody knows exactly what happened to Mad Mardigan and no one knows what happened to Alora Dannon either right did Mad Mardigan leave with Alora Dannon nobody knows and then the skull bone crew a crew with skull masks show up and they start shooting arrows at everybody. But I like right before the skull crew shows up, the, the old protector night guy just suddenly gets an arrow through the chest and dies. Message for you, son. It was funny. Cause that, that scene, I was like, that guy's not in any of the trailers. I bet you he's going to die. And then poop, an arrow went through. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which I guess that's kind of the thing. When, one of my things where I was like, I kind of wish the show had more time, even though this, this first episode is like a full solid hour. It goes right from this whole kind of speech of them riding horses being like, you know, we don't have to do things the way our parents did. And we can do things our own way right into like, Oh, <gasps> It's a gang of skull faces. You know, that's kind of Willow, right? It's like, you got to keep it moving. It's faster, more intense. And in a way, it's kind of very George Lucas. I think it's just it's just coming around to it, you know? Well, and, and I think I didn't catch it until the second time of when the, the skull dudes are, are fighting them that they know Borman. Because they're like, they say, Borman, I thought you were dead. Like... There's some history there with him and the uh, the skull face horse riding gang. I was almost like, are these like the acolytes of the beyond? Are these like worshippers of General Kale? They're like, General Kale is our god or something. Yeah, yeah. They're just like Nikto speed bikers. <laughs> Nikto speed bikers. <laughs> so yeah, they go straight from that into, uh, we got to go find Willow. Willow's village is destroyed. And they all live, like, inside. I also do really like Willow's buddy. Yeah, and I like the, uh, we get the fake out with Willow's friend there pretending to be, I'm Willow. Yeah, which, he is great. Willow. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, then, yeah, Willow comes out and immediately he recognizes that Alora Dannon is Alora Dannon. But she says, like, what? (laughs) The episode is over. (laughs) Yeah. So then we go into the second episode titled The High Aldwin, which right away we start out with a flashback of what is it's what maybe just like five, six years after the movie, something around then, right? Yeah, and I was not prepared for this. This knocked me out. 
It's Willow flashback, and Willow has a goatee with a braid in it, and that's not enough. He's also wearing this, like, wizard's denim jacket, and it is insane. And, you know, that's he's the getting high Aldwin there with his goatee and denim jacket. Listening to Black Sabbath in the woods, I don't know, it's so awesome. <laughs> he's rolling the bones a little too much, I think. <laughs> yeah. The bones aren't the only thing he's rolling. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he's a roadie for like three dog night or something. The, I was just like, oh my goodness. That is the wildest thing I have ever seen. John Kasdan, thank you so much. Because never in a million years had I even thought that there would be other other versions of Willow and that there would be a Willow flashback and he would be this incredibly outrageous and awesome of, yeah, a goat Willow and a goatee. Never in a million years had that crossed my mind and I can't now unsee it. It's, every time I close my eyes, it's all I can see. I want it tattooed on both my arms. I'm going to paint it on my house. My garage door <laughs> is just going to be goatee Willow in his denim jacket. He's talking about how he's telling Sorsha he's been having dreams, that the evil is going to come back. We got to mention, too, because this is like the kind of the beginning. There's two scenes in this episode that kind of set up why those two haven't stayed in touch. And Sorsha's kind of getting mean. She's like almost turning into her mom. And she basically says, you know, that Willow's the the what the bravest person she's ever known. But there's no way he's going to be a sorcerer. She doesn't believe that he can have any magic like she's kind of mean to him well and i think that's kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning of the episode too where her mom was like a crazy witch crazy witch queen doing buck wild magic and stuff turning people into pigs and stuff and willow didn't really do anything so she's kind of right i mean if willow got a book and is, and is learning spells. I mean, did Bev Morda have a book? No, she was. She, Bev Morda was like next level. Like Sorsha is seen like next level magic stuff. And Willow's. I mean, he's not really there. And I think that's an interesting thing that this show is kind of talking about. Where there's this scene in this episode, the second one, where Willow is in the tent with his buddy Silas. I think is his name. Where Willow kind of it's it's again it's like the Luke Skywalker Last Jedi stuff. Where he's kind of just like, what if I'm not the great person people think I am? What if I'm not really a sorcerer? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm remembering the only the only part we know he did any magic is when he said he tried to use magic to make food and was in in the toilet for a week. So <laughs> maybe Sorcia was at that meal. <laughs> that, that was the real reason. Well, and then what back in the village, the kind of cave village with all the Elwyn people. Willow is kind of addressing the group, kind of just like Billy Barty did in the original film. And they even do like the finger test on Alora Dannon. It gives the impression that, yeah, this is all just kind of a show. But it's kind of fun setting up, you know, the Willow is now the mentor and Alora Dannon is now what Willow was in, in the original story. And they kind of have that relationship, except... Alora has no belief in herself or desire necessarily to be a wizard like Willow did. Yeah, Laura Dannon kind of has no idea what like the, her prophecy and all that stuff means or why she should care or 
Laura Dannon has no idea who Bev Morta was or is or what's going on, which speaking of, then we kind of have a scene in a little bit where what the the witch bad person is kind of alone, like in like this little like part of like this castle or something. And it sure as heck sounds like the witch person is talking to Bav Morda. Yeah, it does. There are some spooky voices out there and they sound like familiar spooky voices. Which if you watch the end of Willow, like what happens to Bav Morda? She turns into like this red smoke and disappears off of a vent in the ceiling. So she's probably still around, which is, you know, again, it's a neat idea that she's not gone. You don't have to clone her. You don't have to put her in like a like a tube to make her come back. She's just like, she's just kind of still around. Yeah. But not that we're going to be upset if in a couple episodes there's a, a big vat with a Bav Morda in it. <laughs> if she's in a pickle jar, I'm okay with that. <laughs> So then evil touch guy that had the evil cigarette put out on his shoulder, he's riding out and he's got like this like black spider web thing growing on his arms. Not good. It's not, it's pretty clear what's going on. Well, and it's almost like the, the evil wizard dude is like marionette puppeting him with magic. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. And controlling him kind of a thing. Yeah. It's almost like he's some kind of evil puppet. So then Willow is talking to his daughter, talking about his visions he's had, how he feels like he has a duty that he has to protect Alora Dannon. Kind of the first time that Willow is kind of expressing some of his doubt with all of this. And I like that, you know, what that's actually Warwick Davis's daughter playing Willow's daughter. And I, that was all really nice. Yeah, that was cute. Well, and it was cool, uh, her, you know, because she's the character that is Willow's daughter too. Like she's one of the, they found Alora when she was a baby. So it was cute. They had their little scene together where she remembers finding Alora, but of course Alora doesn't remember her cause she was a baby, but I thought that was cute. Willow leaves with the whole crew and then what evil touch dude gets kind of found out by his crew. And then what, this was a little unclear to me. Does evil touch dude then make his, the rest of the crew evil too? Yeah, he must, because, I mean, I think, right, they're intentionally kind of leaving it vague, but it looks like he eats one of them, but then later on we see them all and none of them have been eaten. So, yeah, he must have passed on his his evilness to the crew. Then we get, like, a little character moment where they're riding along and Thraxus is talking to Kit about how, yeah, he spent five years with Mad Mardigan looking for this magical breastplate and that Mad Mardigan actually found it. I think we both missed this the first time watching it. That was what Willow and Sorsha were talking about at the beginning of the episode in the flashback when we were too distracted by the goatee. Yeah, I definitely was. Because this is something I only picked up on the second time. And that was, you know, and I think that was my thing, especially when I was watching the second episode. I was just like, there were times where I was just like, wait, 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 wait. What is anyone even talking about? This is going so fast. And these flashbacks, people are talking about things and then things are coming back. I, I was just getting kind of like, wait, wait, what? What's happening here? What are people talking about? There's a lot of information in these shows. See, I think we, we have to remember that we've, we've learned over the years, like with the Star Wars movie, if there's a new Star Wars movie or thing that we're not going to absorb any information the first time. Because we're just going to be freaking out the whole time. And we're not used to our reaction to Willow. And it's not surprising. It's very similar to our reaction to Star Wars where I can't understand any of this. I'm just 
it's Willow. What's going on? It's new Willow, right? So I think we just have to get used to it. We need the second time to, to actually absorb any information. I still can't concentrate throughout the day because I'll start thinking about Willow's goatee. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll come to and it's been 45 minutes. Like, wait, where, where? Where am I? I was looking at the pin on his denim shirt. I was looking at, really looking at that goatee. I was looking at his hair. So Willow and Alora Dannon are practicing magic and she pukes on him. Always <laughs> a good thing. They keep practicing with trying to get her to grow a root in the ground. And then we have another flashback with Goatee Willow. And he's trying to talk to little girl Alora and explain to her you know, who he is and where he's from. And he says something to her that freaks her out and she runs away. And Sorsha is pissed. Yeah, and she tells Willow to get the heck out of the castle. And Willow's all mad and he storms off and it's kind of like, whoa. Well, and that's when he says, I'm only going to defend my village. You're on your own. And so as far as we know, they haven't seen each other since that. I mean, and they still haven't seen each other because Sorsha's still at the castle. And then we see the evil guy. He goes to the Elwyn village looking for Willow. Then we have a little character moment with, what, Graydon and Alora Dannon, where she's kind of feeling blue, where she's saying she's ordinary, but maybe Graydon actually likes Laura Dannon sure seems like it, kind of. I, get, I got that impression, too. <laughs> then Willow and his buddy yeah, are talking in the tent, and Willow has pretty much lost all hope at this moment. And we see Willow's vision, where everyone is dead, oh, and Willow man. has a beard, and Laura Dannon's dead. And... Yeah, it's like, still haven't recuperated from Goatee Willow, and now we see future old bearded, super wizened warrior Willow. <laughs> It's like all these, all these willows. I wasn't ready. It's like tonally, this show is kind of a lot and it's shifting back and forth between young people flirting and people puking on each other and people having visions where everyone's dead and flashbacks with goatee willow. I I almost feel like this second episode is it's, it's, it's a lot, but at the end of the day, it's willow. And it's like, this show is so Willow that in the second episode, there's three different Willows. <laughs> there's so much Willow in Willow. But I wonder if for people not familiar with the movie, would the second episode make them check out? Because they're throwing so much story at you in the second episode. I don't know. I feel like this is just setting up the mystery of like, okay, I just met this Willow and now there's like these, there's past Willow, there's future Willow. Like, what's going on with this Willow? Well, we were saying before we started recording, though, that it seems like Willow is more kind of like in the Obi Wan Kenobi kind of mold, where it's not individual episodes, it's one big story divided over eight parts. And perhaps this, this second episode, like, if for me, it felt like a lot. Maybe that'll benefit by then watching this and going into the third and fourth episode. Yeah, it's definitely, it feels like it's hard to really know what's going on or what we're in for until we get a little farther. Because, yeah, we're literally at the very beginning of this story. And, I don't know, we got a lot of Willow in uh, just two episodes. So, I don't know, I think we're, I think we're in for it. <laughs> there, there might be, like, an even farther back Willow with like a mohawk and like super future Willow where he has 
he was flying on a bird or something. I don't know. He shows up wearing suspenders and a hat with a propeller on top of it or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So then well, Laura is still practicing and she's getting really frustrated. And then she's kidnapped by the evil touch dude. And as she is taken away by evil touch, we see that the root is growing and we're taken out by the sweet songs of a cover of Donovan's hurdy gurdy man. Well, this will just be the first show that you don't sit and listen to the music and watch the credits. You'll be like a normal person and, and just skip to the next episode or stop. Get up and, you know, start my day. And be like, okay. But the, I mean, they, it's, they do show the same thing, it seems like, each episode. But the end, like, kind of animated thing is pretty cool with the little drawings of all the characters. Go, goes with the whole book theme. You know, like we said, it's, it's true to the spirit of Willow. It's fantasy light. It's an introduction to fantasy. And like we said, Willow was a movie that was made for young people and families. And so is the show. Yeah, I'm still in shock, still amazed that this exists. Like a lot of stuff, Disney Plus has been a magical portal to the to the world of dreams where we're just getting things that just didn't seem like we would ever get more of. And yeah, I'm loving the show so far. I can't wait to see what happens next week. I kind of wish it was like Netflix and, and the whole season was out so I could just watch it all. But, you know, I got something to look forward to through, through the cold winter months until we get to Bad Batch and uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next. And really, when it comes down to it, every episode and every week is a gift because the Willow story is officially continuing, finally like we said, never, ever thought it would happen. We told the story hundreds of times at Celebration Orlando in 2017 when Willow, when Warwick Davis came by in the back of a convertible car and like maniacs, absolute maniacs, we were screaming at him that we wanted Willow too. And Warwick Davis sitting in the back of this convertible car is like, I know, I do too. <laughs> And here we are, just uh, incredible. So, yeah, every week is a gift. This show is a gift, and I, I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I, it's still, right? It still doesn't seem real. Willow has a goatee, Jason. Did you know that? <laughs> With braids in it. magical adventures of the movie Willow with these amazing characters that bring the story to life. There's the heroic swordsman, Matt Bardigan. I'll win this war for you. The evil sorceress, Bab Morda. The dreaded General Kane. I'll crush the rebels. And brave Willow himself. The epic battles, good versus evil. You can bring the magic of Willow home with collectible figures, vehicles, and accessories, each sold separately. Willow, the magic lies within. You are great. Okay, everybody, you know the deal. Apple Podcast Reviews. When you get done listening to this episode, we would love it if you would go over there and write something nice about Blast Points. If you listen on something, Apple, it helps more people find the show when they're looking for Star Wars podcasts. And just, you know, we just love reading your reviews. 
And if you listen on Spotify, leave us a five-star review over there when you get a chance. And check out our website, lastpointspodcast.com. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter. Twitter's still there. Still there. And Facebook. <laughs> and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in our Super Chill group, which continues to be the best place in Facebook. And if you want to support the show in a different way, we got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, like we were saying for in 2019. That's where we we're talking about Willow, and there's all kinds of fun stuff on there. And that is where episodes of us talking about future Willow episodes. So if you want to hear us talking about three, four, five, six, seven, eight of Willow, go over there on the Blast Points Army, sign up, and you can hear us talking about the whole thing all the way through the rest of the season. But that about wraps up number 338, talking about the return of the Willow and the first two episodes of the Disney Plus series. It's still just so amazing any chance we get an opportunity to talk about willow we're taking it who knows will there be american graffiti series on disney plus next at this point i wouldn't be surprised yeah even more more american graffiti the series so we've only got i think one more episode of blast points in 2022 if all goes according to plan it will be the grand conclusion of attack of the clones year little something to look forward to before we go on our holiday break and get ready for the insanity that is coming in 2023. Yeah. And just to warm us up, don't forget the avatars coming in like two weeks too. So we're going to hopefully we survive into 2023. We got to be ready. Cause yeah, 2023 is going to come out swinging right away. So until then, everyone We'll talk to you all very soon, and thank you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Will he or won't he? Will, oh yeah!